Welcome to Postcast after the Utah Jazz win streak comes to a close in New Orleans as the Jazz fall in overtime in a game that will no not be forgotten for quite some time due to some crazy calls, incredible performances, and a loss. 138-132. We're talking about it on Postcast. Postcast is brought to you by the store at 6200 South and 20th East, as well as at the Gateway. Stop by either of the two locations and get all the great Utah's owned products there. And now we can say it again. It's time for Mudslide Cookie because the Jazz need to make you smile. Well, Ron, I don't. I usually just give you an open-ended one, but I don't think we have enough time for open-ended tonight because this was that incredible. Let's start with the first thing. There's .2 seconds left. The Jazz are down two, or down one, down two, down one. Yes, down one. And they throw a pass toward the basket. Rudy Gobert is tied up with Jackson Hayes and Derek Favors, and they call a foul on Jackson Hayes, sending Rudy Gobert to the line. What's your thought? Well, my, my thought is this, that if there was enough contact for him to make the call, then they probably should have called it. But my immediate thought was, David, was I thought that the ball was not in bounds when when the when the foul occurred. Now, not sure when the whistle was blown, but you know, that was just my opinion. That is a tough call to make in a situation like that, you know, and and uh, I can, you can see why Alvin Gentry was so upset because both Derek Favors and 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 and, uh, and Rudy Gobert and and Hayes was fighting down there in the foul and they gave it to Give it to Hayes there on the backside. I'll be perfectly honest. The first time I watched the play, what I said was, I thought the play was for Rudy Gobert to tie up those two guys so that somebody else could fly in for the alley-oop. Like, I actually thought Rudy had fouled them when they first called the foul. So, amazing. I, I My guess on this is the official saw a foul, called it because that's their job, and then thought to themselves, Oh my gosh! Yeah. What have we done? Yeah, you usually don't see teams get a chance to win it at the free throw line in a situation like that. And Rudy had an excellent chance to to win a close one. Uh, he missed the front end, uh, and then he makes the next three free throws. But he did make the one that could have won the ball game. Brandon Ingram and Donovan Mitchell put on a show. Both those guys are in line for their first All Star performance. It's going to be awfully close whether they both get in or not, and both of them showed. They are bona fide stars in this league. The former number two pick out of Duke is everything the Lakers wished he would be. He was incredible tonight. Yeah, he really was. He got to the spots he wanted to get to. He has so much confidence that he's playing with right now, talking to everyone around here, including Alvin Gentry. Uh, his confidence level is, is, is so high, and they're giving him the basketball. It, they know that he's, he, he's, he's going to take them somewhere, uh, especially without Zion Williamson on the floor. That, uh, that they're giving the basketball, and he, and he flat out gets it done. So this, making the all-star team, I tell you what, boy, it's going to be awfully close to, and awfully hard to decide on who makes it here in the West. The thing that makes Joe Ingles so special, Ron, is he's six foot seven. He's running pick and rolls at 6'7". He can see the whole floor. He can get to the basket at 6'7". He's long. He does all these things. He's not an elite-level athlete, but he's able to do all these crafty things. Brandon Ingram is six foot eight, able to do all of those things athletically, run the pick and roll, shoot 40% from three. I mean, it's an incredible package. And not only that, he, he's, he's 
skinny, long. He has very long arms, and so that that's a huge advantage, you know, that he's ha that that he has. But you know, Ingram is, is obviously is going to be a star in this league. But I thought tonight Derek Favors played an awfully great basketball game, and and you listen to Alvin Gentry before the basketball game complimenting Derek Favors. Uh, and how he's at low maintenance and how he, he flat out gets the, get the job done in that center position. It, he just, it, he's really made a big difference in, in the success of this basketball team. I've noticed a million people in the chat room are saying free throws, free throws, free throws. By the way, guys, we made 25 of 32 from the line tonight, which is 78%. Sure, Rudy makes one more free throw at the line, but I would point out to you a 75% free throw shooter does not make both free throws at the line that like it's equal if you're a 75 percent free throw shooter and you go to the line for two it's a 50 percent chance you actually make both and under that pressure they probably don't so it's like brandon ingram went to the line a key situation made one of three so it is not a, like the fact that he missed a free throw this game was not lost on free throws that is that is, i mean sure if rudy makes both free throws they win but rudy is a 61 percent free throw shooter 60 recently the chances of him making both are not very high. So, um, you know, I just, you know, Joe Ingles had two free throws also, but again. He missed one. He missed one. Like, that's the reality of this league, and the Jazz went 25 of 32 at the line. I couldn't disagree with you more that isolating a single moment like that and saying that that's it. I mean, if you want to go there, Donovan Mitchell's horrendous play at the end of the third quarter cost us the game. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are – it's interesting tonight. For all the times we've talked about – I thought this during the game – the little plays, we didn't make him tonight. Donovan, instead of Moutier making the shot, Donovan hit a half-court shot. But Donovan made a really bad play at the end of the quarter. Moutier had some really bad plays tonight. We didn't, ha we didn't miss some of those. But late, fourth, third quarter, and fourth, Donovan had 18 points in the third quarter. He had 31 points in the second half. He had added on the fourth quarter. He had tied his career high at 46. I mean, this is a bona fide star. Yeah, and you've got to give the Pelicans some credit for what they were able to accomplish tonight. They have a player, Alexander, comes off the bench, knocks down some threes. He ended up for the ball game. Ended up, what did he end up with? Alexander, 12 points in, in 15 minutes of play. So, he, he, and, and they just have some shooters. I mean, and, and once Zion gets here, um, don't forget J.J. Redick didn't play tonight. So th this is a, a very good basketball team that the Jazz lost to. The J.J. Redick not playing tonight, I think, honestly, was to the Pelicans' didn't advantage. Didn't hurt them that much. Did yeah, I almost yeah. think it's to their advantage. Yeah. They had a very good defensive team out on the floor. We go pick it, guys. J.J.'s not a good defender at this point in his career. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I think that uh, had that big a deal on this one. Um, unless, unless the argument, Bill Hendricks says the argument is the Pelicans got 14 free throws to the Jazz, too. In the overtime, we were not going to get a whistle in the overtime tonight. That, that was that was that was clear, um, and the fact that they did not overturn Gobert's sixth foul seems a little overwhelming. Yeah, it, it really does. Uh, I thought there was a clean play there by by Rudy. Uh, I thought the officials missed it, but you know. We got away with one last time we were here. Well, right. We got away with one here. Yeah. We got away with one questionable. Thing. I mean, I don't think we can really be arguing um, about that in so many ways. Uh, it was also an interesting matchup because it was the 30th-ranked clutch team against the number one-ranked clutch team, and they made an awful lot of late-game plays. I, this is a good. This is a Pel this Pelican team is going to play. This is going to make the playoffs. I, I like this Pelican team. Yeah, they're going to catch fire, I think, at the right time, and and so it, it's, it's going to boil down to, uh, well, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but they're going to make a run. 
without a doubt, they're going to make a run. I think Alvin Gentry's has some, some very good pieces to complement what they want to do. They really push the ball up the floor. They like the three-point shot. Incidentally, the Jazz did a great job of keeping them from shooting a lot of threes. They only had 26 threes tonight, and they've been averaging 39. And as I mentioned before, they have taken 201 more three-point shots than their opponents, you know, coming into tonight's game. So the Jazz did a great job of keeping them off the free-throw line, three-point line, but, you know, Again, Ingram gets it done from the two-point range. Pelicans were awful to start the night in the mid-range. They finished 12 of 27, 8 of 13 on the long twos. Brandon Ingram was the one who did all of that damage. Great game tonight, super exciting, fabulously well played. Two young superstars going head-to-head. Controversial calls that will leave us talking for a little while. Fabulous performance on both ends. And by the end, the Jazz win streak comes to an end at 10 games. We'll be back home playing what's today on Saturday. So come out and get tickets at utahjazz.com. A half of Ron, I'm David. This has been Locked or Postcast, all part of Locked on Jazz.